This is Hitting the Mark, conversations with founders and investors about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success, with your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Garhalter. So, yeah, but eventually we, we came up on this one and it was great. It was uh, by far like the best you know, decision early on that we made. This, this, this logo, this, this identity for Evernote probably got us literally... 100 200 million dollars worth of like free publicity and marketing by by Apple by Google by you know Samsung by like all of these companies that were like putting up app stores and platforms and like they all just featured us because we had a pretty good product but I think equally as importantly because we had an amazing looking identity that they were just like it looked better than like the app icons and logos of like other stuff that they would put up so like we would get into every single you know poster marketing campaign whatever because you know it was a good product but also because it just looked really good one of the immense pleasures I get out of hosting this show is to be in company of amazing entrepreneurs, one smarter than the other. Phil has to be on the very top. This was Phil Libin, the co-founder and former CEO of Evernote, who just launched another one of his many companies and brands he helped shape over the past decade. And this one is very, very intriguing. This episode is so entertaining, so whip-smart, and so important, especially if you're involved in naming, or branding, or in a startup, or in creating successful teams. And even if you're not, you will greatly enjoy this, because Phil is an amazing storyteller. Maybe you'd just like to know how Evernote got its iconic green elephant for a logo, or hear why someone who hated marketing became a big believer in the power of great branding. I don't even want to take the time to tell you to support or to rate the podcast, even though I'd really like to, but instead, I get you right to it. Here's Phil Libin on Hitting the Mark. Welcome to the show, Phil. Thank you. Nice to be here. Well, based on your new video communication tools, really neat demo, in which you are actually the star, we now know that you have 123,195 unread emails back then when you filmed that. So I'm thrilled you were able to take the time to be on the show. Yeah, it's climbed a little bit since then. But uh, I yeah. had a feeling. I had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a little intro, maybe it's not so little after all, but you know, here here's the story how Fabian met Phil. And we really only met twice. But a common acquaintance um, of ours in, in the Silicon Valley startup world contacted me to tell me about how the former CEO and co-founder of Evernote has created this mind-blowing new way of conducting and experiencing online meetings. He then told me that he would like to make an introduction, since he believes that I'm an amazing speaker, and those were his words, not mine, and that he would like to have Phil give me VIP access to test drive his presentation tool in private beta. I was flattered, obviously. Then he shared his secret agenda with me, which you most probably don't know, Phil. So he wanted to make sure I could use my intro call with Phil to persuade him to change his mind on his company's name, because it was a very, very strange and crazy name. So I got a slot on Phil's schedule a week from that call. But then on the very next day, I found myself mentoring a group of Founder Institute students. I think it was in Singapore or London, who knows, somewhere. And as they introduced the two other mentors of the day to the group, there was Phil on the call, mentoring students on, and now hold your breath, naming with me. 
how to create the perfect name for your startup. So here I am, my dreams of convincing a man to change his company name after mentoring a group of founders on naming had been shattered. Um, his naming presentation was marvelous, and even the reasoning behind his new company's name started to make at least a little bit more sense. One sentence stuck with me. Um, Phil, you said, creating a great name is the down payment on your reputation. I have since tried out um, your presentation tool and it truly is game changing. Um, while I have seen your new brand with that very name and all launch very, very successfully. So, so Phil, why don't we start with the name, huh? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, will you tell my audience or shall I reveal the name? Please go for it. Oh, I think I just did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> this is very confusing. <laughs> so, yeah. so your company's uh, well, your 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 um, your platform's name is mm -hmm, so M M H M M, correct? Yep. Um, you said, um, and that is hilarious. Uh, like many many things you say, um, it was important to have a name that you can say while you're eating. Mm -hmm. You you can you can do that. So it definitely checked off that goal. Um, what other goals did you have with 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 the name when you set set off to to create this name? Well, yeah, I mean, we had lots of uh, you know, there's lots of jokey reasons uh, about why we, <laughs> we 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 named it that. In fact. Uh, I just put up a, a demo of mm -hmm, uses demoing some of our new features, kind of talking about all of the, or at least some of the very uh, jokey reasons uh, for it. Uh, but you know, really, I just wanted a, uh, I wanted something unique. I wanted an unusual name. And in that mentoring session that you and I did at, at Founders Institute, I think that was, I, I didn't talk about the name. Mm -hmm, it was still secret back then, and uh, I don't think I advised people to do anything like. You know, like this. This is definitely not the conventional way of naming products, but uh, <laughs> you know, we've been making and naming things for a few decades, and you know, we wanted to do something different. Well, and and what I found so intriguing about mm hmm is that you told me that it might just be crazy enough that in half a year from now or so, we may see all these legacy companies start struggling to come up with similar names as they will try to compete with mm hmm, right? So they're going to try to fit in, and they're going to have a really really hard time fitting in with a name like mm hmm. And you know, like now that your platform has launched, it it all looks, you know, like really not crazy, but really ingenious because you created a talking point, you know, like not only, not only is, is, is the app, the platform, you know, the experience, something totally new, something totally different, but you matched it with a name that is so different that everyone, everyone, everyone grins, right? I mean, I've seen a couple of interviews or, you know, like people talking about, um, talking about the, the platform and Everyone who talks about it just has to mention the name and has to talk about it. And it's kind of like this, it's a really ingenious talking point. So how could we have ever questioned you, Phil? Well, I mean, I think, you know, it, people make fun of the name a lot, which obviously we knew would happen. And, you know, you just can't be afraid of being made fun of. I mean, that's, that, that is probably the fear that holds back, you know, the most creative people from, you know, from doing things in life. Uh, and, you know, it's okay. Like, it's, it's okay to have something that's, uh, that's funny, that's going to be the talking point. Um, and we were also, you know, we were very much not convinced in the beginning, and I'm still not convinced um, that mm -hmm isn't a really bad name. It might be. It might be a terrible name, um, uh, or it might be a great name. And, and actually, quite likely, it's it's both. It's probably really good for some things and really bad for other things. Mm -hmm. um, but that's sort of typical, right? Um, that's typical of things that are sharp. They are both great and terrible. And it just comes down to optimizing, not not to like 
you don't net those out. Like the bad things don't like take away from the good things or vice versa. You just have to decide what's more important. And I think for most things, uh, many things in life, but not all, uh, but most things creatively, the positive is more important than the negative. So you don't like, you don't pick the thing, you don't pick the name that's like the least bad or that averages out to the best. You pick the name that's the best, even if that name is also the worst, because then at least you're guaranteed not to have a name that's that's boring. And that's, you know, that's the worst case scenario. It's just something something that no one remembers. Well, and especially for a brand like yours, where it's anything but boring, right? You actually want to shatter that idea of boring online meetings, and, and it starts to have personality. And you couldn't have a name that is not fun or doesn't have personality or doesn't shake things up. Well, yeah, we could have. <laughs> you you could have, but it's smart that you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do think that this, the, you know, our actual thinking was that uh, mm -hmm, the product, uh, you know, the company, it's really for performing. Right. We, we, we think about uh, what is the verb that you do in our product? And we decided pretty early on that we aren't trying to be a communication product. We're not trying to be a collaboration product. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of very good ones. We're not trying to replace where your team works together. We're not trying to be the new, you know, Slack or Figma. We're not a place to hang out and meet interesting people like, you know, Clubhouse. Um, what you do in mm -hmm, the, the verb is you perform. Mm -hmm is for performing. And it's for um, it's for micro performances. And our, our our theory is that everyone is a performer now. Everyone has multiple times every day where you say, "Okay, you know, attention on me. I'm going to do a bit. Like I'm I'm doing something right now. Like pay attention to me. You're you're you know you're on. And maybe only for a few seconds or a few minutes or maybe for a long time. You know, some of these micro performances are pretty macro. But you're always performing. You're performing for you know for your coworkers, for your kids, for your investors, for your you know social media followers, whatever. And mm -hmm is the thing that elevates that performance, uh, especially over video, since all of us are now living on video, it's more important than ever because for most people performing over video is just dreary and ineffective. And so the product is for performing. And I really like the idea that the name mm -hmm is a name that is extremely easy to say accidentally. You can't, like, everyone says it just in this conversation. I think mm -hmm. we both said it just in agreement, right? <laughs> exactly. You just you notice it all the time now. So it's trivial. Everyone can say it without thinking about it. But if you want to say it intentionally, if you want to say it on purpose, like say it as the name of the product, even I have to, like, pause for half a second and, yeah, and you know, consider how I'm going to say it. Consider which which syllable am I going to uh, inflect. Uh, I have to, like, take a, take a, you know, a half second pause. I have to yeah. breathe and then I have to say it. And so every single time, you say the name intentionally, it's like a little performance. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I thought it was really beautiful <laughs> that that the product that's meant to elevate your performance starts with a little mini performance every time you even think or say the name. And a performance that is so natural, like riding a bike, but then, you know, explaining how to ride a bike, right? That's the problem. Like actually having to say, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it, it, it just takes an effort, um, which... There's something yeah. really interesting about the, the mindfulness and the intentionality of it, something very zen. Like, I like the idea of... You know, every other thing that I've ever named, every other company or product, uh, in fact, every other, every other product name I think that I've ever encountered in my life, you can say it thoughtlessly. You can say it and you just like, you just rattle it off. You know, after you learn it, after the first couple of times you learn it, you just say it and it doesn't mean anything. You, you can say it without thinking. And I think it's, it's really unique to have a name that you can't say thoughtlessly. At least I haven't been able to yet and I've been saying it you know, for, for a couple of months now. Uh, you can't say it thoughtlessly. It, it's, it's mindful. 
it's it's a uh, it's it's almost a Zen thing, which I, I I find really beautiful. But also completely realize that you know people are going to make fun of it, and that that's totally fine. Uh, and so we just kind of decided to lean into the making fun of it, and so we had all sorts of you know <laughs> jokey reasons. On your LinkedIn, um, you have these hilarious one-liners describing your roles. Um, for your time at Evernote, you state assembling a brilliant and hardworking group of people, then making sure you have enough coffee to change the world. <laughs> and for Carrot Fertility, you write, help with strategy and product design. All my name ideas have been rejected. <laughs> that is that is the only that is the description of you advising carrot fertility. So I guess <laughs> I guess sometimes you're swimming against the stream with your naming ideas and people do question them. Um, so yes, <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, but 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 back back to back to the whole uh, mm -hmm brand, um, you know, and how it came together. Um, the logo, uh, which by the way is 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 really really cool. Um, it reminds Reminds me a bit of the flexibility of the iconic MTV mark, and those of us who, you know, you and I are, are close in age, um, we remember the iconic MTV mark. It's a three-dimensional cube made up of of really like fat letters, right? And that's what yours is like M H M, um, which lends itself to any color or image effect, um, hence perfectly showcasing what mm -hmm is all about. It's about versatility um, in presentation, right? And that's what that entire cube is about, and the way that you guys rolled it out, um, you guys and girls, um, over the last couple of weeks. How did that logo get crafted? I know you were very hands-on with the name and the copy, since it is very much your style, but how much so with the visual aspects of the brand? Uh, yes, I, I love the, the way that the, the logo came out. Um, it's actually it's actually the name. It's it's M-M-H-M-M. -M -M. Just the other two M's are on the other side of the cube. Correct, correct. You can't yeah. see them. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if it'll ever rotate, uh, it'll do that. Um, so uh, I had very little to do with, with me. I have no like discernible talent. So I had very little to do with actually like making or drawing it. Uh, <laughs> I, I work closely with the designers. We, I'm just lucky enough. You know, we have amazingly talented visual designers. Uh, this was the logo was a collaborative effort. It was made by uh, Carlos Rockefeller and uh, uh, Ali Packard, uh, Gabe Campadonico, Chris Plog. Uh, you know, a bunch of us just just brainstormed on it. Uh, did iterations. You know, we all live in Figma. Um, and I've actually left off a few people who who, who worked on it because there was there was like a dozen people. But I, uh, Carlos and Ali were the the, the two main visual designers uh, at All Turtles uh, that worked on this. We all live in Figma, so we just spent you know it was a couple of weeks of just diving in and exploring lots of variations and talking about them and trying out many many different things. Um, I'll, I'll do you know I used to do this. I think uh, I actually did that right. I did a little presentation during our FI class together about the Evernote logo. I kind of talked about the process we went through. You, you have you have, and that's actually one of the topics I want to jump into. Yeah. But yeah, so I think I'll, I'll, we'll eventually do. You know, it's a little bit presumptuous to do this for. Mm -hmm, you know, let it let's let's see if it's actually successful in a few more you know, months, but yeah, I'll probably do a similar thing, but it was great. But the short answer is, um, uh, ridiculously talented designers and, yeah. you know, let them do what they do and try not to get in the way too much. And, and, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's <laughs> over, overly smart, um, uh, to, to actually, to actually hide the rest of the name behind, behind the logo, because it is three dimensional, which also speaks so much about how your presentation tool is actually changing the experience because everything suddenly becomes more dimensional and you, and you add all of these layers and in a way saying that the name is, is different and, you know, is, is problematic, um, 
well, the logo is two, because now you're only showing half of the name, which already is problematic. But if you actually look at the big picture, it is um, it is really ingenious and it and it's and it's absolutely cool. And I I, I would invite everyone to um, to at least check out the Instagram um, uh, handle and take a look at some of those uh, variations of the mm-hmm logo because it comes yeah, to life do a, really a, nicely. Almost daily, we're posting different variations of it on on Instagram. It's just beautiful, um, you know, clever and interesting fine but it's just beautiful like i i there, there are versions of it and some of the treatments that like honestly like make me want to cry when i see them they're just so nice i'm just overwhelmed by uh the talent of the team um and a lot of times it's playful but you know you mentioned the old mtv logo and that was definitely an inspiration like very much so in fact really early in the process i kind of said i love that like the 80s mtv logo and the fact that it like the I can remember like versions of it where it was like furry or had like a leopard print and right, it would like right. around and it would go to the moon and I'm like yeah, that like I really love that vibe so yeah we, we very much wanted to 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 capture some of that spirit as as an homage to that 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 early burst of creativity uh, well, I'm around gl- the TV. I'm glad my mind reading skills are still there, yeah. Um, yeah. but but I mean the, the beauty of that is that it can it can survive a decade right without a problem because you can just adjust it to whatever the next trend is in logo design and it's still the same logo and I think it's that's rarely a- the same twice in fact in fact you know we've already have probably a hundred different treatments of it uh, really so we specifically made it I mean the, the the shape itself stays the same but we specifically made it to right you know it contains multitudes we can put it we can put things inside of it we can put it on top of other things it's it's uh, meant to be kind of constantly uh constantly changing and you know adjusting its mood um just like the idea of the of that's what the product does right the product is consistent uh hopefully uh but what you can do with it is 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 endless and so we we wanted to get some of that spirit you know across what has what has been the biggest success of the past weeks since since launch? Um, we talked before launch. I think yeah, I think you said uh, you're going to launch on June. What was it? June forty third, thirty seventh. Yeah, thirty seventh. Yeah. <laughs> Did you launch yeah. on the on the thirty seventh? You made it. Yeah. yeah. So July July seventh, uh, also known <laughs> as June thirty seventh, was one. So originally that the you know the joke was it was uh, uh, I told investors that it was going to launch in June that the beta was going to launch in June. And then we actually kind of looked at the schedule and how much work we had to do. We were like, well, uh, okay, you know, June 30th. It's like the last day in June, so I wanted to make sure I was true to my word. Uh, so we decided <laughs> to launch it on June 30th. And But then we realized that that was like right before the 4th of July weekend, which, you know, in the U.S., you don't want to launch right before then because, you know, yeah. I, want my, I, want, I want employees to be able to, like, enjoy the weekend without the, the death march of saying, oh, we just launched and, you know, right. now there's bugs and whatever. So we decided to just postpone it by a week, but... At that point, I already told investors sometime in June, so it was easy to just say, "Well, June 37th. <laughs> so, so since then, what what has what has been the biggest success, or or how do you or will you measure success with? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's way too early, right? We're only a f- we're only a few weeks into this. We're only like a month old or something, um, uh, depending on depending on when this airs. Uh, so, way too early to declare any kind of success. Um, uh, the way we measure the way we're going to measure success is. Um, you know, is, is impact. Like what we care about is making the world a little bit better because our product exists in it than it would be if a product didn't exist in it. Uh, and so for mm-hmm, specifically, that's about getting into the hands of people uh, whose careers, lives, you know, jobs, art, whatever will be enhanced, will be improved because they've got access to this product. 
so it's really it's really a, a kind of a community measure of success. We are starting to in very early days, but starting to work very carefully about getting this into you know into schools, uh, into the hands of teachers and students, but also into you know artists and performers and and, and entrepreneurs. And we want uh, at least in the beta, we just want use cases of people who can literally say like, yeah, like my, my something important in my life. My, my job, my career, my art, you know, my studies, my teaching, something important to me was made better because I used this product. Um, and if once we have that, then we can think about, well, okay, you know, can we make that true for, for 10 people, for 10 million people, for, you know, a billion people? Mm -hmm. the, the scaling comes after the impact. I like that. And it's this is only one of many products that share your vision of making entrepreneurship get the job done, as, as you call it, with your company, All Turtles. How did the All Turtles name come about? I mean, it, it is definitely a, another very unusual name. And I assume you're not all moving extremely slowly in your software development. Yeah. So there, there is, I mean, besides, you know, June, June 37th. But, um, you know, tell, tell, yeah. tell me the story behind All Turtles. Um. So I think it was almost like a dry run for, mm -hmm. like we also just like, I wanted something <laughs> unusual. Um, you know, I wanted a name, but what we're doing at All Turtles is, is, is I think a fairly unique model. And it's very easy to compare us to other things that feel like they're kind of similar to it, like, you know, various incubators and accelerators and labs. And we didn't, you know, we wanted to, uh, that's inevitable. Of course, we're going to be compared to that. And that's fine. At the end of the day, like everyone wants to compare things to everything else. It's okay. But we wanted an unusual enough name so that it it, it sort of made the comparison. It, it added some friction. Like I wanted a name that was so unusual that it forced you to like make a new box in your head to put it in so that it wasn't like natural to like, oh, okay, it's one of these and like stick it into the box next to other things. And obviously like that's asking a lot for a name. We don't expect the name to do quite that much heavy lifting. But that was the that was kind of the philosophy behind it. And uh, yeah, the idea is it comes from turtles all the way down, uh, which is a, mm. I think it's a Bertrand Russell. Uh, anecdote or reference. It's probably apocryphal, but the idea is, you know, Bertrand Russell was uh, giving a lecture about the the structure of the solar system, and you know, at the end, everyone claps. But uh, you know, except there's one there's one old woman gets up, and in the story, it's always an old woman because old stories are always misogynist. So, I'm just, <laughs> I mean, in fact, like when I was telling the origin story originally, I was to say, and then you know, this this, this old person gets up, and then my my co-founder Jessica always made me correct it and be like, no, it's like. It's, it, the story is old woman because they were like, <laughs> misogynist. Like, don't don't mask that. Just say old woman. I'm like, okay, you're right. Uh, whenever I disagree with Jessica, like ninety eight percent of the time, she's right. <laughs> a good quality to like have in you know in co founders. Um, uh, so this old woman gets up and says, "Oh, everyone knows that this is totally wrong." What you said because really the Earth um, you know rests on the back of a of a giant turtle. And he says, uh, well, that doesn't make any sense. If that's true, then what's the turtle resting on? And she says, hey, everyone knows that. It's turtles all the way down. Um, so it, it comes from that. It is, it's turtles all the way down. So whatever whatever we've built, we did it because we stand on the shoulders of the people who came before us. Yeah. Uh, and we hopefully support the, the next generation of people who, who are going to build the stuff on top of what we make. Yeah, it's a nice it's a nice story, and and of course, when you go to allturtles.com, all you see is all turtles. I mean, literally, it is a site about turtles. <laughs> yeah, and, that is not our website, but yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, our website yeah. is all hyphenturtles.com. Yeah, so. Right, exactly. Which Our brings me, URLs, yeah. yeah, which brings me to the ever fascinating topic of mine. Um, how important is having a .com to a brand these days, in your opinion? Everyone knows my opinion, but in your opinion, how how do you advise startups on this? 
I, I mean, I don't particularly I, look. Uh, I, I don't think it's that important. I, 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 I think I know you think you do. It is, and uh, you know, I, I just kind of think like, look, it's nice to have, but if you look at the list of like ten thousand things that are nice to have, or even like twenty things that are nice to have, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rate this in the top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just don't think that most entrepreneurs like have time to work on anything other than the top five most important things. And, uh, uh, you know, until they do, until you're, you're much bigger and better resourced and whatever. So, you know, I would say like, yeah, I try to get the .com and if you can get it great. And like, if you can't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let that block you from, from doing something. Definitely don't like, don't fixate on that. It's not think, in your, but, yeah, it's not in your top three or five criteria for, it's not for the most important. Awesome it, it's not in the most critical things. You know, I would much rather have a great brand and not have the .com URL than a mediocre brand and and have the .com URL. So that's that's clear to me, at least. Did you did you knock on the Turtles um, website and and ask if the domain might be available? Yeah, I think we tried to, and then we were actually like, I think we we actually made some progress with the person, and uh, yeah, I just did, like they disappeared or something, and you know, we just yeah. didn't, we had we had more important things to do. So I don't know. Someday, <laughs> you know, like I'm not opposed to having it. Right, 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 right. I I think it's always so fascinating because I you know as of late, and that might also talk a little bit about the trend in this, um, and 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 I might you know that I might be also wrong fixating on the dot com very much with our branding work is I. I, I interview these founders and they have amazing brands uh, like like yourself. And then I go to the website and it is, I mean, it is horrible, horrible, horrible website work of like someone that owns a domain name. But it's like really, it's like pathetic. It's like something where, you know, this is just someone who has a hobby and who hasn't attended to the website since, you know, the days of Netscape. Um, yeah. And and yet they don't even get back to your emails or they're not interested in making a big, you know, a quick buck um, for a website when no one goes to it. It's fascinating for me. Um but, you know, now that we have already entered the animal kingdom with all turtles, why don't we talk about Evernote um, and how Evernote got an elephant as its logo? Because uh, yeah. I definitely want to check that off our list today. Yeah. And that was that was kind of the other the other reason for all turtles is, you know, in the the that um, Bertrand Russell origin story refers to this, you know, the Hindu It's like some some version of Chinese and some version of Hindu uh you know, origin, uh, sort of cosmology creation myth where the, the earth is actually standing in the back of a giant elephant and the elephant stands on, on, on turtles and then it's turtles all the way down from there. So <laughs> the, you know, my previous company was an elephant and kind of the next fundamental el animal is the turtle. So it just makes sense. <laughs> and then it's turtles all the way down. So this was just going to be, it's going to be all <laughs> turtles from now on. Yeah. So that was the, that was the little bit more esoteric, uh, reason. And, and 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 the logo, um, how 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 is is that is that um, that's the story behind the elephant and why why the elephant was chosen for for Evernote? Well, so so Evernote, um, so I didn't I didn't name it. I didn't pick the name. The name existed um, before. Yeah, and I wasn't that crazy about the name. I thought it was okay, but um, you know, just basically at that point, you know, it wasn't worth changing. It was fine. It was, a little you know, too descriptive for Phil. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think that's right. I think basically, uh, you know, I like the framework I like for naming, which we don't really follow ourselves, but it's fun to like know about it. So the thing I recommend that people read is the Igor Naming Guide, uh, which kind of talks about you know four different types of names, and it's just like I think it's useful to just like read it, even if you don't follow it, which you know we don't really follow it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's useful to read it just to like understand the vocabulary, so that you can like have a discussion 
about names if you like share you know if you at least have like the right words to use um, because it, it's hard to do there's like so much there's so much philosophy and theory behind it it's hard to have a general discussion without like the basic vocabulary so it's useful for that but yeah Evernote to me feels a little bit too functional but you know obviously having said that it was you know the name worked out great um, so and and but the other lesson from that is the name is just one part of the brand like the name isn't necessarily the most important part of the brand it's one part of the brand the the logos is 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 a, is a big part of the brand the whole identity the fonts the colors the brand voice how you talk about it like these are all brand so it's it's um you know you can you can you make a you assemble a brand out of all these things intentionally and very rarely do you have the luxury of of choosing every element of a brand at the same time like we had that luxury at mm -hmm, but it's right. really rare where like we could say, okay, we can control everything. We can control the name, the colors, the logo, like everything. We we set the voice, all of it. The vast majority of the time, you don't really, you don't quite have that luxury. So like with Evernote, we didn't. So that the name was there, but yeah, but we did everything else. And the logo with the elephant, um, it's it seems to to you know to 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 a regular user, it seems pretty far fetched, you know, to understand what what the Evernote has to do with the actual app. Um, how was that story conveyed, or did it even matter? And it just became a symbol that was you know, I guess, quote unquote, symbolic, right, from the get go, and it was so different. Yeah, so we you know we uh, we hired um, uh, we hired this amazing designer. Uh, Gabe uh, Kambadanico, um in the early days of Evernote to, to, to work, help us think through the identity with an ex-Apple person. And uh, he's you know, currently uh, the lead um, product designer for, for mm -hmm, in all turtles, actually. So still, still working with him, what's it been now, 14 years later or something? Um, Great. Which is kind of the most important thing is like once you find amazingly talented people, just like do everything possible to stay in their economic orbit. <laughs> Yeah. Like, this is this is the only thing like this is the main thing that I do is I just like try to find every possible way to like stay you know keep a group of hyper talented people together uh, because you can you know you can walk through walls with them mm -hmm. uh, you just need to have you just need to have a you know a, a, an appropriately uh, reasonable destination and you know and you can get there so yeah so we we, we hired Gabe and um, we just went through a process so we had lots of different options and uh, there's you know there's, there's i think presentations of me online talking about it but it didn't start out as an elephant there was lots of options we considered in fact uh, he came back with a few different options including a couple of elephant treatments which we uh, rejected because the, um, uh, the 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 group that i set up to try to figure out the the logo said the elephant is too dangerous to go with because it there's too many negative connotations oh it's slow and it's big right 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 fashion blah 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 I kind of liked it because of the, you know, elephants, elephants have very good memories and elephant never forgets. And I thought everyone was about remembering things. So that was the connection, but we rejected the elephant because, because it was the most bad of the designs <laughs> and we wind up going with something really boring. And then basically I woke up like the next day after that decision was made and just didn't feel right to me. I'm like, I think we, I think we picked the safe choice and I'm just, I just didn't feel right. But, uh, so we came back and said, okay, let's, Let's go with an elephant, but we need a few more iterations of the elephant. So the elephant itself, we had literally like a hundred different versions of the elephant. Yeah. There's like pictures floating around of like different elephant versions. And so we went through lots of different ones. For a while, it looked too much like the Republican Party elephant. So we kind mm -hmm. of panicked and said, you know, we got to make sure that it doesn't, it doesn't look like it's the Republican elephant. It's a totally different elephant. So, you know, but eventually we, we came up on this one and it was great. It was uh, by far like the best you know, decision early on that we made this, this, this logo, this, this identity for Evernote probably got us literally 
100, 200 million dollars worth of like free publicity and marketing by by Apple, by Google, by you know Samsung, by like all of these companies that were like putting up app stores and platforms and like they all just featured us because we had a pretty good product. But I think equally as importantly, because we had an amazing looking identity that they were just like, it looked better than like the app icons and logos of like other stuff that they would put up. So like we would get into every single, you know, poster, marketing campaign, whatever, because, you know, it was a good product, but also because it just looked really good. So like that was like by far the best, you know, few thousand dollars that we spent. The ROI of that was pretty incredible. You know, and it's and it's so difficult to show ROI with 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 a brand identity, right, or with a brand name. It's 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 really it's really difficult. And so I love that you say that because it it was. I mean, it is it is measurable. And I what I also really really like is that you throughout throughout the entire episode today, you really talk about how a safe choice is most often not a great choice. And, you know, as you know, with most of corporate uh, America, that is absolutely the, the other way around with, um, you know, decision-making when it comes to name, uh, when it comes to brand, when it comes to to all of those, um, you know, pretty pretty intrinsic, um, you know, ideas that that then just, you know, they, they come out and, and very often they end up being a little bit too meh, right? Um, so... I that that is that is a lesson that just everyone everyone has to hear over and over again. Um and coming from someone, you know, who who sold their software development company for 26 million dollars 20 years ago and you know like then you co-founded Evernote and you know now you're kicking serious butt with all turtles and it looks like with mm -hmm, um you know you've got obviously you did plenty of things in between. Um these days you also mentor startups on a lot of topics including branding. Um and I want to circle back to that and you already you already started talking about it but you know what does branding mean to you after after everything that you have you have branded in your life and that you've been through what does branding as a word because it, it gets pretty bad rap you know very often the idea of branding um especially with startups right it, it seems like it's a waste of time it's a waste of money um mm -hmm. but you and i both know if you actually do something that's really outstanding it it, it can be it can be a huge game changer for for a startup so this is the lesson that I that I keep learning again and again in life. And, you know, maybe I'm starting to demonstrate learning behavior and, and actually, like, internalize it. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm an engineer by background. I'm, a, I'm you know, I, I'm a programmer, computer scientist, computer nerd. I had a very large amount of disrespect early on in my life and career for anything that had to do with marketing, with branding, with, you know, intellectual property. Like, I didn't like any of that stuff. I had, like, the typical, you know, nerd programmer approach, like, hey, like, the programming is the real work and everything else is like marketing, blah, hate it. And then I started working with just people who were much smarter than I was in these fields. So at, at, at Evernote, the person who ran our marketing was Andrew Sinkov. He's a big, important person at uh, Etsy right now. Uh, and um, he ate the lesson from him. He was like, look, uh, yeah, when you say like marketing is stupid, what you mean is like bad marketing is stupid. And it is. And the vast majority of companies have really bad marketing and it's really stupid. And if your attitude is like marketing is stupid, you're going to get bad marketing. You're going to prove yourself to be right. So good marketing is actually like amazingly important, just as important as anything else. So like shut up and like, let's do some good marketing and you'll see. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I was like, wow, absolutely. That's totally right. Uh, and it's the same as true as naming and the same is true with branding. Like you do it, if you do it badly, it's dumb. But if you go in with the expectation that most that it's going to be bad, then yeah, it's going to be bad and it's going to be dumb. And I think like there's a lot of, I like felt that bias, that like engineering bias. But you know, my eyes are opened repeatedly by various people that I work with about this. You know, 
Same thing with intellectual property. So Leonid Gutainik has been working with us on IP for you know for more than a decade now, since Evernote days. And I would get into these big arguments with him about like, you know, well, patents, like patents are stupid. Patents are like bad for the world. You know, the IP industry is, is terrible. And he was like, well, bad patents are bad. Good patents are good. Like patents that are written to be like either poorly or specifically written to be bad for the world and like not actually describe anything and try to like do all this stuff. Yeah, those are really bad. Mm -hmm. So let's not do those. Let's do good ones. Um, so this philosophy, again, it's like I'm just not smart enough to understand it from the first time it's explained to me. So it has to be explained to me over and over again. But it's it's just <laughs> fundamentally true. Um, and yeah, definitely feels this way with, you know, with brand, with everything else. Like now I think that you're making a product, you're making a company. The brand is, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's I don't know if it's the most important thing. But in, it's like in that package of most important things. And it's so important that it's like hard to separate from anything else. It's hard to separate from like the team. It's hard to separate from the product design. Like those are all areas like the product design, the team design, the culture, the brand, like those are, they're all so amazingly central and important that like if you do them right, they are inseparable. And you definitely just need to have the, the appreciation of what all of them mean. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, I, uh, I promised you I'm only going to take that much of your time. So most important, um, listeners who want to learn more about mm -hmm, um, or get an invite to be a beta user, um, where and how, how can they go about that? Uh, you can just sign up at uh, mm -hmm mmhmm.app. I like palindromes. That's one of the names. So I like names that are the same forward and backwards. So yep. uh, go there and sign up. And uh, we are inviting people um, hopefully pretty rapidly. We're sending out invites every day. So there's 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 always a wait list, but we're sending out invites every day. And we do we 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 are planning on going live, you know, full general availability release. It's Mac only for the for now for this stage of the beta, but a Windows version is coming. And we're planning on being live on you know Mac and Windows uh, this fall. So it's not not too long to wait until it's generally available for everyone. Absolutely, absolutely, especially in 2020, um, it seems to it seems to go by rather quickly, which is a really really good thing, I would say. So, um, Phil, thank you so much for having taken the time. Really appreciate your 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 insights. This was this was absolutely amazing. Hey, thank you. That was so uh, super fun to talk to you. What do you say? Worth every second. If you agree, please rate the show and show your monthly support via patreon.com slash hitting the mark so we can make this podcast 100% community enabled and keep it sponsor free. The Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by the one and only Happiness One. I will see you next time when we once again will be hitting the mark.